Hello everyone and welcome to A Millennial Learns. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you are new, welcome. This is our Thursday episode, which means we are going over the history of a state and we are going over the states in the order that they joined the union. So we are on the 22nd state to join the union, which was Alabama. Now we're gonna go over not only the history, but the capital, the mottos, the symbols, the population, the geography, all of that. So we just get a really good picture of what the state looks like and then what the history is as well. Now, exciting life update. I did probably a couple months ago now, I did a podcast about Rhode Island because it, you know, joined the union pretty early on. So I did a podcast about Rhode Island, never really thinking I would go there, maybe like at least not recently or soon. I'm going to Rhode Island like next weekend. So very, very exciting. This, if you remember, Rhode Island is the state that has the state beverage of coffee milk. They use very specific coffee syrup and, uh, you know, mix it with milk. And so it's kind of like chocolate milk, but coffee flavored. And I bought some of this Rhode Island syrup and I made it at home and it was amazing, but I'm going to get to experience the real thing, like the real coffee milk as the Rhode Islanders drink it. And I'm very, very excited to go. So we're going to Providence and Newport and we'll spend a couple days there. So I am so excited to actually see all of the big mansions that I talked about. And I'm really gonna use my podcast as good prep for the attractions that we need to go to. And I'm just very excited that I actually get to experience a new state because um, I just have not, I feel like we kind of go to the same places all the time. So I'm very excited to go to Rhode Island. So anyway, back to Alabama. I hope you enjoy this episode. Very fascinating history with Alabama. And uh, yeah, enjoy. So before we get into the history and the timeline, let's go over some of the basic facts of Alabama. So the capital of Alabama is Montgomery. It became a state December 14th, 1819. So I also always like to look up why each state is named what it is. So why Alabama is called Alabama. Uh, it says that it's named from an Indian tribe of the Creek Confederacy, originally called the Alabamas or the Alabamans. It's kind of spelled differently, but who in turn gave the name to a river from which the state name was derived. So the Alabamans um, tribe named the river, and then the state was named after the Alabama River. The state motto is in a different language. I think it's in Latin, and I'm not gonna try to translate it. I mean, I'm not gonna try to pronounce it, but it's been translated as, we dare defend our rights, or we dare maintain our rights. The nicknames are the Cotton State, the Yellowhammer State, and the Heart of Dixie, but the official nickname is the Cotton State. The population is just under 5 million as of 2020. It is the 27th most densely populated state, so little under average. So um, still some decent, you know, walking around area. <laughs> There's, It's not so densely populated. As for the geography, uh, I will link all of these sources below, but I'm reading from this uh, geographical 
website that says Alabama has high mountainous ridges and deep valleys, foothills of the Appalachians, Black Belt Prairie, flat coastal plains, river deltas, lakes, springs, huge cave systems, swamps, gulf and bay coastlines, and barrier islands. All of this land diversity is drained by numerous river systems with the mighty Tennessee River coursing through the northern one-fifth of the state. Four-fifths of that portion of the state below the Tennessee River is drained by several major rivers flowing south southwestward into Mobile Bay, together forming the Mobile River Basin. A few isolated river basins occur along the southern boundary of the state and empty directly into the Gulf of Mexico, while others empty into the Choctawachi, Escambia, and Pensacola Bays. Okay, and again, another state where there are many things that I cannot pronounce. But so lots of geography diversity throughout Alabama. There's a lot of different uh, geographical features you can go see depending on which part of the state you're in. The climate is honestly pretty darn good. There's 56 inches of rain a year, which is higher than the national average of 38. There's only one inch of snow every year. There's 213 average sunny days where the national average is 205. Summer high is 91, which is getting pretty high up there, but the winter low is only 33. The comfort index overall is 7.3. Again, slightly higher than the national average. If you've been listening, you know my qualms about the comfort index, Uh, but I still keep reporting it because, you know, I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, October, May, and April are the most comfortable months in Alabama if you want to visit. And July and August are the least comfortable because of definitely the heat and humidity are the worst at that point. Okay, it's time to talk about the timeline of Alabama, how it came to be a state, and then what has happened since it's become a state. So kind of European history starts in 1519 with Alonso Alvarez de Pineda of Spain. He explored the Gulf of Mexico Mexico from Florida to Mexico, including Mobile Bay, which is a part of what is now Alabama. We will hear a lot about Mobile and Mobile Bay going through this timeline for sure. By the way, this timeline is from thehistoryjunkie.com, and I will link it below. Okay, 1528 to 1536, a Spanish explorer named Pamphio de Narvaez Uh, attempts to colonize the Gulf Coast of Florida, but he fails trying to colonize it. So this seems like very, very early for any attempted colonialization uh, based on other states, but I guess that's why it failed. Uh, 1539 to 1541, Spanish conquistador Hernando de Soto explores the southeast and meets Chief Tuscaloosa in the Battle of Mobila. And then during that time, uh, well, this is that battle. It just outlines more about that battle. So the battle happened October 18th, 1540. It says the largest Native American battle in North America occurs at the village of Mabila or Mavila between Hernando de Soto's Spaniards and Chief Tuscaloosa's warriors. The conquistador destroys the natives and kills 2,000 of their population. According to this other website I found, they can't actually pinpoint the exact spot where that battle happened. They just know that it did indeed happen. Um, So, found that kind of interesting. Okay, in the 1600s, it doesn't go into much 
detail of anything nothing super big was happening other than it just says throughout this entire century really there was a lot of migration of native native american tribes and it says the once thriving mississippian cultures had withered away while other strong tribes began to emerge at the end of the century the creek confederacy had formed from the remnants remnants of the mississippian tribes those tribes or the some of the tribes that formed during this time were the choctaw chickasaw and cherokee so that brings us to the 1700s, and in 1702, the French uh, established a French fort at the 27-mile bluff. The settlement would eventually move downriver to Mobile about 10 years later. 1717, Fort Toulouse was constructed by the Coosa River. They began to trade with the Native, Amer the Native American population, which would offset the British influence. So it's kind of a battle here between the French and the British uh, for this land at this point. In 1720, French Louisiana capital was moved from Mobile to West Biloxi and then to New Orleans. So when we talked about the French history, this all kind of gets wrapped up because the Louisiana Territory was very big and all of these lands that were not, you know, going to be states first, basically the original 13 colonies, anything else was kind of this territory. So when they say the French Louisiana capital, that was in what is present day uh, Alabama. It was in Mobile, then it moved to Biloxi, then to New Orleans. Uh, 1721, 100 slaves arrive in Mobile Harbor. So the, the French kind of started the slave trade in that region. The French Code Noir extended from the West French West Indies to North American colonies, which basically institutionalized slavery in the Mobile area. In 1780, the Spanish capture Mobile during the American Revolutionary War, and the Spanish also retained Florida as part of the treaty that ended the war. So lots of countries battling over this region. But in 1799, 19 years after the Spanish capture Mobile, the Americans capture Saint, Fort St. Stephens, which would be the first time that America claimed a piece of what became Alabama. So it's not the whole thing, but if you think of present-day Alabama, part of that was now uh, American land. In 1802, Georgia formally ceded its claims to the east. And in 1803 to 1811, the Federal Road was conceived and built, connecting Milge Milledgeville, Georgia, to Fort, Stoddard, uh, to Fort Stoddard, which was the American outpost north of Mobile. So essentially, it connected Georgia to Alabama. Then from 1805 to 1806, there were a lot of Indian land sessions, which created opportunities for Americans to settle and large settlements at that. Um, so Americans started settling in what was previously Indian land that they had ceded. In 1810, West Florida was annexed by the U.S. from Spain. So the U.S. is steadily gaining some land here. 1811 to 1816, schools and newspapers are opened up in Mobile and Huntsville. And then from 1813 to 1814 was the Creek Indian War. Now there are multiple battles and massacres and events that were wrapped into these years. So we'll just go down the list here really quick. There was the Battle of Burnt Creek, the Fort Sims Massacre, the Battle of Holy Ground. At that point, uh, Spain surrendered Mobile to the US. So 
again, the U.S. is is kind of moving westward and, and gaining more land. In March of 1814, there was the Battle of Horseshoe Bend. And then this says, in August of 1814, William Weatherford arrives at the camp of General Andrew Jackson. Jackson is impressed by his courage and says favorable things about him. The Treaty of Fort Jackson is finalized, which would cede the rest of the creek land to the U.S. This would lead to more settlement and more immigration in the United States. September of that same year, the British attack Fort Bo Bowyer, um, but that attack fails, which causes them to change plans and more march towards New Orleans. Okay, February of 1815, so just about five months after that failed attack, the British return to Alabama after their crushing defeat at the Battle of New Orleans, and they capture Fort Bowyer, only to abandon it after learning that the war is over. So this War of 1812, uh, they, they were like still going. They hadn't gotten word yet that it was over. And so they just, I mean, they were ready to keep fighting. Uh, but after they captured the fort, they just abandoned it because the war was over. Uh, 1817, the Alabama Territory is created when Congress passes the Enabling Act, allowing the division of the Mississippi, Mississippi Territory and the admission of Mississippi into the Union as a state. So this is the point where Mississippi is officially one of the United States. So this is very similar to what we've seen with the North, where there's like a big territory, let's say the Indiana Territory, then it's like, okay, Indiana has become a state. We'll rename this territory the Illinois Territory. Then Illinois becomes a state, you know? So that Mississippi, Mississippi Territory was essentially renamed to the Alabama Territory. In 1818, uh, the first legislature of Alabama Territory convenes at the Douglas Hotel in the territorial capital of St. Stephen's. Attendance is sparse with 12 members of the House representing seven counties and only one member of the Senate conducting business of the new territory. The Alabama, which was the area's first steamboat, was constructed that same year in 1818. And then November 21st, Cahaba is designated by the territorial legislature as Alabama's state capital. The capital would eventually be moved to Huntsville, then to Tuscaloosa, and eventually to Montgomery. In 1819, James Monroe signs the Alabama Enabling Act. July, the Constitutional Convention meets in Huntsville and the Constitution is adopted with Cahaba selected as the seat of government. There is the first general election for the governor, members of the Congress, legislators, all that. And then uh, Alabama is admitted as the 22nd state of the union on December 14th. 1819. The Athens Female Academy is chartered in 1822. It eventually becomes Athens State University. Uh, let's see, 1826, Tuscaloosa becomes the new state capital of Alabama. And LaGrange College is chartered in 1830 by the legislature. That is now the University of Northern Alabama. So a lot of these colleges had an original name, and then I think as things got bigger and more populated, um, the names changed. 1831 was Nat Turner's slave insurrection in Virginia, and we definitely learned about this in school, so I want to do a podcast reviewing all that, but that happened in 1831 in Alabama. 
The University of Alabama was also founded in 1831. A hundred students would be accepted for the first year. There was, let's see, well, okay, this is kind of like a, a fun historical event, but there was this meteor shower in 1833 that fell on Alabama, and it said it caused great spectacle and mo much folklore. It became known as the night the stars fell upon Alabama. So kind of fun. And then there was a cotton gin factory that Daniel Pratt established in a tiny company town that he created called Prattville. The city would become a manufacturing center in the north. We then had an Alabama gold rush, which I was unaware of. I've heard of the California one and the Colorado one, but I did not know about an Alabama gold rush. So that was concentrated in the east central uh, part of Alabama because it has a lot of hills. And so a lot of people came there to try to strike it rich. 1836, Dr. James Marion Sims, the father of modern gynecology, establishes a medical practice in St. Meigs then in nearby Montgomery before moving on to New York in 1853 to found the renowned Women's Hospital. Okay, funny that this is on the timeline because I literally just saw something about him on Instagram like two days ago or something. And they were basically talking about how he, you know, some people really honor him and say like, we would not have this technology without him. And he helped a lot of people. But then there's a whole other thing where he basically practiced these operations on slaves without anesthesia so you know a lot of like women's rights activists have demanded his statues be taken down and things have been been renamed that were originally named after him so he's a pretty controversial figure but he um, started his practice in montgomery or in saint meigs and then in nearby montgomery okay also during this time, 1836, the Texas War for Independence begins and the Second Creek War begins. Uh, the last Indian battle in Alabama happened in 1837, just the next year, which was the Battle of Hobdes Bridge. Um, January, okay, and then January 28th, 1846. So we're, we're jumping like nine years. Montgomery is selected as the capital of Alabama. Montgomery won the final vote largely because of the promises of Montgomery city leaders to provide $75,000 for new capital and the rise of the prominence of the Black Belt region of the state. But then in 1849, uh, let's see, it was, well, hold on, let me get back to the, the notes here. December 14th, on the 13th anniversary of statehood, the capital in Montgomery was destroyed by a fire. After all of the kind of promises of like, we're going to get a new capital and it's all going to be amazing, it was destroyed by a fire like the same year. Or no, sorry, three years later, it was destroyed by a fire. But construction of the new capital was completed in 1851. 1852, the Alabama Insane Hospital was established in Tuscaloosa. Its first director was Dr. Peter Bryce and he became renowned for his innovative and humane treatment of patients when i think it's pretty well known that you know insane asylums had pretty bad treatments at this point he was known for being very humane alabama senator william rufus king was elected vice president of the united states he's from alabama in 1853 he was on the ticket with franklin pierce 
it's funny you like never learn about vice presidents i feel like or you at least never remember them like i don't know i barely any vice presidents but alabama had one <laughs> so he was inaugurated on march 24th 1853 in cuba where he had gone to recover his failing health he died april of 1853 at home in selma and he never formally served as vice president which is sad 1854 alabama public school act creates the first statewide education system uh, by establishing an office of the state superintendent of education okay so we are on to 1856 uh the east alabama male college is established in auburn this is eventually going to be auburn university so that was uh in 1856 the school for the deaf uh, in talladega is founded in 1858 it evolved into the state-supported alabama institute institute for the deaf and blind Abraham Lincoln is elected as president immediately following the election succession begins to be discussed this isn't Alabama specific, more like all the South, but Alabama did start discussing secession um, as soon as he was elected president. Alabama seceded, succeeded, is it succeeded or seceded? I think it's seceded. Uh, they seceded from the Union January 11th. February 18th, after being welcomed to Montgomery with great fanfare, Jefferson Davis is inaugurated as president of the Confederate States of America on the portico of the Alabama Capitol. Oh, I didn't know that. I, we did learn in other podcasts that Jefferson Davis was the president of the Confederate States, but I didn't know he was inaugurated um, in Alabama. Davis, a for, former U.S. Senator from Mississippi, lived in Montgomery until April when the Confederate government was moved to Montgomery to its new capital of Richmond, Virginia. Okay, March 11th, the Confederate Congress meeting in Montgomery adopts a permanent constitution for the Confederate States of America to replace the provisional constitution adopted the previous month. The seceded states then ratified the essentially conservative document, which was based largely on the United States Constitution. Uh, then the Civil War officially begins in 1861 with the Confederate Army firing at Fort Sumter. So, Alabama saw a lot of action within its borders throughout the Civil War, especially as the war progressed. There were 194 land events and eight naval engagements that took place within the state. Uh, I'm going to skip through some of these battles because there's just a lot. Um, but here's an interesting one. 16-year-old Emma Sampson becomes a Confederate heroine when she helps General Nathan Bedford Forrest cross Black Creek near Gadsden as he pursues Union forces led by Colonel A.D. Strait. Interesting, like, the heroes that we read about now because the North won and we're all back, like, united again. But if the Confederate States would have won, I'm sure we'd be reading about her more. Like, I don't think I've ever learned about her. Or maybe I have. But um, it's just funny that they had their own kind of set of of heroes that they looked up to because um yeah because they just were fighting the union so interesting i don't know um okay September 12th well 
Okay, basically the war ends in 1865. It says the new Alabama Constitution adopt, uh, was adopted September 12, 1865 to comply with presidential reconstruction dictates to rejoin the Union. It is rejected by the U.S. Congress. And then December 6, 1865, the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution is ratified and it officially abolished slavery. Any time between 65 and 76 is known as the Reconstruction Era of the South. Okay, in 1866, the Lincoln Normal School was founded. It was a private institution for African Americans at Marion. It was re relocated to Montgomery in 1887, and that is what is now Alabama State University. So that was originally a private institution for African Americans. Um, 1868, Reconstruction was or the Reconstruction Constitution was ratified. So that meant Alabama re was readmitted into the Union and it allowed black suffrage for the first time. Um, let's see, the new university buildings at Tuscaloosa was completed in 1868. In 1871, Birmingham was founded. It evolved into the center of Southern iron and steel industries. 1875, Alabama's Constitution of 1875 was ratified. This says the Bourbon Democrats, or the Redeemers, having claimed to redeem the Alabama people from the Reconstruction rule of carpetbaggers and scalawags, wrote a new constitution to replace the one of 1868. It was a conservative document that gave the Democrats, and especially Black Belt Panther or Black Belt planters, a firm grip on their recent reacquired control of state government. So, some definite, like, aftermaths of Reconstruction happening in Alabama. Um, 1878, the violent yellow fever epidemic broke out. And then 1880, the Greenback Party was formed, which was in active opposition to Democrats. The National Baptist Convention, which were African-American Baptists, were, was organized at Montgomery. Helen Keller was born at Tuscumbia. <laughs> okay, I keep seeing things on the internet that <laughs> there's all these conspiracy theories now that Helen Keller was not actually blind and deaf. I don't believe it, but I'm just want to throw that out there that that is now a major conspiracy going around on TikTok and stuff. Like they're like, how could she ever know water? <laughs> and it's funny because I watched one of the TikToks about it and someone was like, how could she say water? you know, without having ever heard the word water, like when her teacher was showing her what water is, she said water. And it's like, well, if you actually read anything about Helen Keller, she didn't lose her sight and hearing until she knew like Wawa as water when she was like two. So it's funny, they're acting like she was born blind and deaf. And then I don't know, they're missing a huge chunk of the story. And there's this huge conspiracy that she was not actually blind and deaf. Um, okay. 10 electoral votes were cast for uh, Winfield S. Hancock uh, William and William H. English, with, who were Democrats. Okay, February 10th, 1881, the Alabama legislature t uh, establishes the Tuske Tuskegee Institute as a normal school for the education of colored teachers. The law stipulated that no tuition would be charged and graduate graduates must agree to teach for two years in Alabama schools. Booker T. Washington was chosen as the first superintendent and arrived in Alabama in June of 1881. His leadership would make Tuskegee one of the most famous and, celebra famous and celebrated historically black colleges in the U.S. 
So that's where Booker T. Washington comes in. I don't know a ton about him, but next year I am doing, I think, um, basically instead of every state on Thursdays, I want to do a biography of, I was thinking every president, but now I'm thinking I might want to do just a biography of if, of an influential character because I want to do one on like Booker T. Washington, on Harriet Tubman, on all these other uh, famous figures that I don't know much about. So um, yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking of doing that for next year. Okay, 1887 to 1896, the Farmers Alliance grew out of the earlier Grange, Grange and Agricultural Wheel organizations. It evolved into the populist movement, which challenged conservative Democrats for control of state politics. If you watch um, Little House on the Prairie, like the kind of later seasons, I believe, uh, the talk of the Grange, like the Farmers Alliance, it's a lot like Pa was in the Grange and then saw corruption in the Grange and it's a big storyline, but um, I kind of knew about this organization just because of Little House on the Prairie. Okay, um, a bunch of railroads opened to travel in 1887, including the Alabama Midland, the Birmingham and Atlantic, the Kansas City, Memphis and Birmingham, Mobile and Birmingham. Those were train routes. Okay, 1893, a financial panic spreads across the United States. Um, February, tw uh, February 22nd of 1893, the first Auburn-Alabama Auburn football game was played in Birmingham's Lakeview Park before a crowd of 5,000 spectators. Auburn won the first matchup 32-22. to The rivalry continued until 1907 when games were stopped with the renewal of the series not coming until 1948. So they had like a 41-year break in the games, which is very interesting, but pretty sure that is still a big rivalry to this day. Um, okay, the Alabama Girls Industrial School opens its doors in 1896. It is the first state-supported industrial and technology technical school devoted to training girls to make a living. That college is now was then known as Alabama College and is now the University of Montevallo. So it was Alabama Girls Industrial School, then Alabama College, now University of Montevallo. Okay, 1898, the Spanish-American War begins and is quickly over. The result would be the end of any Spanish influence in the Western Hemisphere. Okay, we are in 1901 now, we're in the 1900s. The new state constitution is, rati is ratified. It disenfranchised a substantial number of black and white voters, it says. Now, I don't think it goes into a lot of detail here, but those Southern states sometimes, like they ratified things in their constitution and then rolled them back in, in later um, constitution, like updates or revisions. So it looks like that is definitely what happened here. Okay, then in 1909, the Wright brothers established a flying school on land outside Montgomery six years after their first flights in 1903. 1917 to 1919, the U U.S. enters World War I. Alabama's 167th Regiment, part of the 42nd Rainbow Division, serves at the front longer than any U.S. regiment. So Alabama was very crucial in the fight of World War I. 
uh, Alabama Crimson Tide wins back-to-back national championships in 1925 and 1926. Um, And then, as with all these states, like these timelines mark the beginning of the Great Depression, which was 1929. This pretty much affected everyone, like, I wouldn't say everyone equally, but it affected all states. So um, the Great Depression happens in 1929. March 25th, 1931, nine black youths, soon to be known as the Scottsboro Boys, are arrested in Paint Rock and jailed in Scottsboro, the Jackson County seat. Charged with raping two white women on a freight train from Chattanooga, the sheriff had to protect them from mob violence that night. Within a month, eight of the nine were sentenced to death. Based on questionable evidence, the convictions by an all-white jury generated international outrage. I feel like I've definitely heard of this case, I think. I should look more into it because I want to know, like, the details of, like, what all happened. Like, the some of these timelines have just a little blurb. And it's like, I want to know so much more information because this sounds horrible and... I just want to know more details about about the case um but it seems like some of these like really bad uh cases and convictions and stuff were sadly very common i think in these southern states at that time um okay 1937 state sales tax was instituted to fund education uh the U.S. enters World War II in 1941 to 1945. Alabama has new or expanded military bases in Montgomery, Mobile, Selma, and Anniston. Munitions plants in Huntsville and Childersburg. So again, um, Alabama was very involved in World War II as they were in World War I. But it does point out that in 1941, it says the training of African-American military pilots, the Tuskegee Airmen, is underway. And the Alabama Crimson Tide wins their fifth national championship in the same year we enter World War I. So maybe it was before we actually entered the war. That would make more sense. But if we're like entering a war and then winning the national championship, that seems very interesting, like an interesting order of events. Um, okay. Hank Williams signs a a recording contract with MGM and becomes a regular on the Louisiana Hayride radio program. That was in 1947. In 1948, the Dixiecrat Convention assembles in Birmingham with over 6,000 delegates from across the South in attendance. They selected Strom Thurmond as their candidate for president for their state's rights party. In the 1948 presidential election, presidential election, the Dixiecrats carried four states, including Alabama, where Democrat candidate Harry Truman's name did not even appear on the ballot. Uh, the Korean War was between uh, 1950 and 1953, which I honestly, literally, I forget that the Korean War happened. That is one I really need to understand more about because I don't get why it happened. I forget when it happened. And I always hear about the Vietnam War. I forgot we even fought a war in Korea. So that's bad and I need to learn about that more. Okay, Brown versus Board of Education um, is decided in 1954 by the U.S. Supreme Court, which begins the process of desegregation. Also in 1954, Martin Luther King Jr. of Atlanta is, insta- is installed as minister of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama. So um, a little more than a year later, on the first day of the Montgomery bus boycott, he was named president of the Montgomery Improvement Association, 
a role between him and national civil rights figure. So a lot happened in Montgomery civil rights wise. Rosa Parks in 1955 was arrested for refusing to give up her seat at the back of a bus. That prompted her to, um, let's see, she was arrested. Her action prompted the historic Montgomery bus boycott and earned her a place in history as the mother of the modern day civil rights movement. In 1950, so that was in December of 55. By January 30th of 56, the Montgomery bus boycott was entering its third month. Segregationists bombed the home of the boycott spokesman, Martin Luther King Jr. No one was injured, but the home sustained moderate damage. And uh, after the blast, he says, I want it to be known the length and breadth of this land that if I am stopped, this move, that if I am stopped, this movement will not stop. Um, the Supreme Court ruling banning segregated seating on Montgomery's public transit vehicles goes into effect on December 21st, 1956. So it was like a full year between Rosa Parks refusing to give up her seat and the actual Supreme Court ruling. 1961, the Freedom Riders arrive at the Greyhound bus terminal in Montgomery, where they are attacked by an angry mob. The Freedom Ride, an integrated bus trip from Washington, D.C. through the Deep South, was formed to test the 1960 Supreme Court decision prohibiting segregation in bus and train terminal facilities. Before reaching Montgomery, they had already suffered violent reprisals in Anniston and Birmingham. The Freedom Ride eventually resulted in a campaign that caused the Interstate Commerce Commission to rule against segregated facilities in interstate travel. I've heard of the Freedom Riders, but I did not know that that was what that was. <laughs> like, I did not know it was from D.C. all the way to the Deep South to test this ruling. Uh, the U.S. is involved in the Vietnam War from 1961 to 1973. I also didn't know the Vietnam War was that long. There's definitely a lot about history that I just honestly don't know or have forgotten over time. 1963. Okay. University of South Alabama was founded in Mobile. Governor George C. Wallace was inaugurated. Uh, Birmingham bombings of civil rights related targets, including the offices of Southern Christian Leadership Conference, the home of um, Martin Luther King's brother, A.D. King, and the 16th Street Baptist Church. Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from Birmingham jail is issued to the public in a press release. There's so much happening this year. Reverend Martin Luther King leads 3,200 marchers from Selma toward Montgomery in support of civil rights for black Americans after two earlier marches had ended at the Edmund Pettus Bridge, the first in violence and the second in prayer. Four days later, outside the Alabama State Capitol, King told 25,000 demonstrators that we are on the move now. No wave of racism can stop us. Then in 1965, on August 6th, President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Voting Rights Act into law. This timeline also, I will have you know, throws in every single time the Crimson Tide won a national championship. By 1965, they were on their eighth. I'm not going to say every single one, but we'll just say they're on their eighth right now. <laughs> Uh, the first woman governor was inaugurated, Lorleen Wallace, or Lorleen Wallace, uh, in 1967. The Talladega Speedway opens uh, with its first running of the Talladega 500 in 69. The Alabama Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville is dedicated. Werner von Braun called it a graphic display of man's entering into the cosmic age 
That was in 1970. Um, okay, the governor, George C. Wallace, who we talked about a little bit earlier, in 1972, he was campaigning for the Democratic nomination for president and he was assassinated. Or no, sorry, <laughs> wait. He's shot in Maryland. It says the assassination attempt by Arthur Bremer left the governor paralyzed from the waist down and effectively ended his chances at the nomination. So, not good. Okay, the Crimson Tide are winning a lot more championships. Um, November of 1982, Oscar Adams was elected to the Alabama Supreme Court, becoming the first African-American elected to statewide constitutional office. Um, the Tennessee Tombigbee Waterway opens in 1985. Lots of championship winning. Uh, 2010 Republican candidate Robert Bentley is elected governor and the party gains a majority in the Alabama House, Senate, and Supreme Court, wrestling control from Democrats for the first time since 1874. The Tigers win their second national championship and then Crimson Tide, Crimson Tide, Crimson Tide. Um, March 13th, 2020 was the first case of COVID in Alabama. And now in 2020, Alabama's, Alabama Crimson Tide won their 18th national championship so that is the history of alabama very very interesting like there's a lot of civil rights stuff that happened at alabama which if i would have thought about it more like it's kind of it makes sense like selma montgomery boycott like all that happened in alabama so um yeah lots of lots of uh, kind of battles and rights fighting happening there all right, let's talk about famous people from, from oh, I just said North Carolina, from uh, Alabama. Channing Tatum, Mia Hamm, Courtney Cox, Hank Williams, Helen Keller, Evander Holyfield, and Rosa Parks are all from Alabama. And then quickly, the state symbols. The state tree is the southern longleaf pine. The state nut is the pecan or pecan, however you pronounce it. The star blue quartz is the state gemstone. The blackberry is the state fruit. The black bear is the state mammal. The state wildflower is the oak leaf hydrangea. The red hills salamander is the state amphibian. The tarpon is the saltwater fish. The wild turkey is the game bird is the state game bird and the fruit and the peach is the state fruit. And then they also have the Eastern Tiger Swallowtail as their state butterfly, which I feel like is also weirdly kind of common. Okay, and then the last thing we'll go over here is things to do while in Alabama. Now, I have a new respect for these because I'm about to do all the things <laughs> in Rhode Island that I put on this attractions list for the Rhode Island episode. So I'm paying, you know, new attention to all of this. Okay, so... There is a Barber Vintage Motorsports Museum. Honestly, that doesn't sound that exciting to me, but if you're into motorsports, definitely go check it out. The Gulf State Park. Gulf State Park. Um, it's a 6,500-acre park that has a remarkable infrastructure and facilities for RV camping, cabins in the woods, etc. There is also, let's see, the Battleship USS Alabama. There's a lot of wilderness areas. There's a legacy museum, which is talking about the history and the movement of the international slave trade. 
the Rosa Parks Library and Museum. There's a Birmingham Civil Rights Institute, National Memorial for Peace and Justice. There are a lot of civil rights. I mean, we just learned about all this history from the civil rights era. And so obviously that they have a lot of monuments and museums and things to commemorate that. We have Dr. Dr. Martin Luther King's home. And then there's this beautiful wharf that has like these restaurants and bars. It has a big Ferris wheel. So that looks super fun. And then Adventure Island is also in Alabama. And those are some of the best things to do if you are in the area. So hopefully that, um, hopefully you learned a lot about the history of Alabama. And wait, I just want to check one thing because... Oh, the Talladega 500 for a second. I when I was like replaying in my mind the Talladega Speedway opens and the Talladega 500. And I thought I said Indy 500. And I was like, wait, that's not in Alabama. So yes, it's the Talladega 500, which I did say that, but I second guess myself for a second. So, um, so that is all for this week's episode. I hope you learned a lot about the history of Alabama. Again, very, very fascinating history about all this like this was the hot spot of civil rights so um, I definitely if I go want to see all of those museums because just so much happened in the state so that is all for today's episode I hope you enjoyed it and I will see you on Monday for another episode bye everyone